What do you eat for breakfast most days? So a lot of days I don't even eat breakfast. I'll just drink my mushroom coffee, which is a coffee drink that has some adaptogenic mushrooms in it. And it's my favorite thing. And it usually fills me up until lunch. What's your favorite go-to snack? I eat a lot of perfect bars. I love the chocolate walnut. They taste like a brownie and they're so delicious. What's your favorite takeout food? My go-to has to be, there's a pizza place down the street from me called Red Door and they make the most amazing gluten-free and vegan pizza. That's definitely my go-to. Excluding spices and oils, what are your top three pantry ingredients? Almond flour, peanut butter, and my favorite chocolate to bake with is from Santa Barbara Chocolate and it's a coconut sugar sweetened chocolate and I always have like at least 10 pounds of it on hand. Any kitchen gadgets you can't live without? My Vitamix. I use it multiple times a day. Hey, Julie. Hey, Tedra. So today we're talking to Rachel Connors from the popular blog, Bakerita. One of the biggest questions in life to answer is, what do you want to do when you grow up? For Rachel, that question was answered when she was just 16 years old. After some persuasion by her sister, she started a baking blog. So eight years later, Rachel's still in the kitchen, but now she's making gluten-free, refined sugar-free, and dairy-free treats that taste just as good as their more decadent, sugar-filled counterparts. In this episode, we discuss the details of her business, what she does with all those extra baked treats after she's done recipe testing, and what her future goals and dreams are for her life. She also announced a pretty cool project that she has coming up. It's a cookbook filled with all of her delicious treats going to be coming out probably in the next year or so. So we just want to be the first to say congratulations, Rachel. That's exciting. So before we start the show, we just have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the podcast, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Just click the share button on your device that you're listening to right now and spread the get to know love. We really appreciate it. Thanks guys. You're listening to We Get to Know Podcast, and for years we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Okay, so before we dig in a little bit, I want to know more about this mushroom drink you're having. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about more about it? And like, is it really like a substitute for coffee? Yeah, so it actually has a little bit of coffee in it, but it only has 50 milligrams, which is like a smaller amount of coffee than a traditional cup of coffee would have. And the one I use is from Four Sigmatic. And so it's a little bit of coffee along with adaptogenic mushrooms, which I used to be like a total coffee addict and drink so much of it, but I would notice that it would make me pretty anxious and make my heart race. And this gives me like the alertness of coffee without having those negative side effects. So it's been after I didn't drink coffee for a couple of years and this has been my, been my replacement now because I missed it so much. <laughs> so are you making your own batch or is this like a product that you buy that already has half coffee, half mushroom mix? Yeah. So it's, you can buy it in packets from Four Sigmatic or they also have one that you can brew. So I, I switch off between the two of them, but I sort of make it into a latte with some nut milk. I'll add some cacao butter. And lately I've been adding pumpkin butter and pumpkin spice to sort of make my own little pumpkin spice latte. 
That's so interesting. So it doesn't taste mushroomy or does it? No, not at all. People ask me that all the time and it doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like coffee. So that's interesting. I also am caffeine free for about 14 years now because I had the same thing where I would drink coffee. I would just drink like tons of Diet Cokes and coffee. And I was even into Red Bull for a while. And it was like, I was just work, 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 work and drink all these drinks. And then I was like, freaked out all the time. It was like not healthy. So I finally just went cold turkey and I've been caffeine free ever since. But I think I miss just having like good old fashioned iced tea sometimes for lunch, but I do brew decaf stuff. Yeah. When I can't get my mushroom coffee, I'll I'll go for decaf because regular coffee makes me so jittery. I had even a couple coffee samples at like a little like influencer thing recently. And I was buzzing, like shaking. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is why I can't drink regular coffee. And I think once you have it out of your system, it's harder to introduce it back because your body is just like, zing, like, what did you give me? Totally. It feels like such a drug. Okay. So one more thing I want to touch on that you said in the quick start, like tell me again about this chocolate. So it's like, it's got refined, it has no refined sugar, I guess, is what you were saying. Yeah. So it's sweetened with coconut sugar. I used to just use chocolate that had cane sugar in it because that was all I could really find. But my treats were like paleo and refined sugar free. So it didn't really fit to have chocolate that still had refined sugars in it. So I found this brand called Santa Barbara Chocolate. And you have to buy, I think the minimum is like a three pound bag, but I go through so much of it that that wasn't a problem for me. And it's just a super high quality chocolate, all sweetened with coconut sugar, which is one of my preferred things to sweeten things with anyways. So no, if I didn't know, would I notice a difference how it was sweetened? I don't think so. Especially once it's in something, it's like you can, when you eat them by themselves, you can sort of taste that like a little bit more richness. It almost tastes like it's sweetened with brown sugar and as opposed to white sugar, just like that sort of deeper, richer flavor. So I, I love it. I think it's delicious and most people don't notice the difference. Okay, let's dig in here. So tell me a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I grew up in San Diego, which is where I live now still. Such a great city. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely hard to be. I spent five years in Seattle for college and then a year thereafter. And I, I had to come back to San Diego. But you missed your son. I'm sure you missed <laughs> yeah. your sunshine. Absolutely. So yeah, I grew up here and my family is actually like a huge part of the reason of why I started my site. I have an older sister named Shayna and she actually encouraged me to start my website because when I started it, I didn't even read food blogs, but she was obsessed with them and read a ton. So when I started baking when I was 16, just like baking like a crazy person, developing all my own recipes, she was like, you should start a blog. And I was like, all right, I'll see what this is all about. And it really, I started it as like my online diary (laughs) and it started as a completely unhealthy baking website and (laughs) with like all the sugar, all the gluten, everything. And she shortly after I started my site went gluten-free and was like, please make me treats. And this was like eight years ago. So there wasn't nearly the prevalence of gluten-free that there is now. Well, and I was going to say, like, I read a little bit about you before this interview Mm -hmm. and this was when you were 16. Is that right? Yeah. It was when I was going into my senior year of high school was when I started So just you want to say like, what on earth did you know about blogging? Like, how did you even know what to do or where to start? Yeah, I really didn't. It started as like a Tumblr blog and 
one of like my sister's friends came over and he was super techie and he's like, no, you can't have a blog that's on Tumblr. Like that's super lame. You need to set up a domain. And so he helped me get a domain and do all the hosting and like all this stuff that was totally over my head. But so he helped me set that up because he told me that needed to make my blog more official. And then from there, it was just a lot of trial and error. I had liked to write always. So that was never that much of an issue for me. It was mostly photography. That was the steepest learning curve. Well, how did you settle on baking? I mean, did you, have you always loved baking? I mean, how did you decide this yeah. is I'm going to be a baking blogger? Like, how did you make that choice? Yeah, I just always loved baking. I baked with my mom all the time as a kid. I baked with all my friends whenever they would come over. And it was just something I was super passionate about. And when I was like 15, 16, I was kind of going through a hard time. And I just started baking all the time because it was something that got me out of my head and was just my cathartic. Yeah, absolutely. So it was just my release. And once I was baking so much, my sister was like, you need to share this with people because it's something that you're so passionate about. And I think that will show through to other people. So that's why I started my blog, even though I really had no intention of anyone even looking at it. It was just a release for me. Did your sister have a love of baking too? I mean, was she sort of like, you're the one who loves to do this? Like, I mean, did she ever think about, I mean, she obviously loved blogs. Like it makes it, it's interesting that she recommended it for you. I'm curious, like, did she ever think about doing it for herself? No, she's like, so not a blogging kind of person. She doesn't even really like to cook or bake, but she's very into nutrition and health. So she would read blogs more as like an informational source for her. But she would be like, look at this recipe. You should make it for me. <laughs> and I was the one that's who actually, a, I was the one who enjoyed Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was She's the one smart. who enjoyed being in the kitchen, but she was always, always giving me new things to try. So you said then she went gluten-free. And so then that sort of influenced how you changed your baking habits. Yeah. So she went gluten-free and then probably within a year from that, my dad also went gluten-free. So it was like there went two of like my biggest people who tasted (laughs) my recipes. So they were like, please, please, please make us gluten-free treats. So I started experimenting with that and discovered that I really liked like the challenge of making something gluten-free while also making sure that it was like just as delicious as its gluten-filled counterpart. And from there, my sister got Lyme disease like two or three years after she went gluten-free. And in trying to treat it holistically, she had to cut out gluten, dairy, and refined sugars. And like most sugars, she could barely even have fruit. So she was like, please, I can't eat anything (laughs) except for like meat and vegetables. Like, please figure out how to make me something that is delicious. So I, that's when I started experimenting more with like paleo baking and vegan baking and sort of all these more niche, healthy baking, baking types. So she, and then surprise, I'm, I'm sure like, hello, so much of the world is like needing this now, you know? So it's like a big surprise. Like, I mean, it was started for her, but ends up like really helping so many people who want the little sweet bites. Totally. Yeah. So like all through college, I was sort of switching off between making these healthier treats for my sister and then making these like unhealthy treats for all my friends at school. And it was when I graduated from college that I was like, all right, these unhealthy treats don't make me feel good. That's not the way I want to be eating anymore. And so from there, like I went gluten-free and then I went dairy-free and then I cut out most of refined sugars. So my diet sort of got reflected in my site. And as I niched down, I realized how many people there were who were looking for this kind of baking. 
because like people would just get these diagnoses with autoimmune diseases or whatever it was and would be just like devastated. Like, oh my God, I can't have gluten or dairy or sugar. I'm never going to be able to have cookie again. Or they would have like their son would get diagnosed with something and they would still want to create a treat that they could enjoy, their son could enjoy and all their other kids could have. And so me creating something that was delicious enough for everyone, but was still fit the dietary restrictions of someone who needed them. It was so gratifying. (laughs) So what were you studying in school? I studied international business and I, it, a lot of people think that it probably like isn't relevant to what I do, but it actually is so relevant. And I learned so much that is so applicable to my business now, especially because as I was getting closer to graduation and realizing that Bakerita could be something that I wanted to do full time, I started taking more entrepreneurship classes and I had professors that were super encouraging of what I was doing and super helpful and were always willing to give me advice. And Did you have original plans outside of blogging when you first went into college thinking how you wanted to use that degree? Yeah, I really didn't even think I was going to do blogging full time probably until like the last semester of college was when I like started even thinking about it. Both of my parents were in business and my sister graduated with a business degree and she's been in finance. So it's like everyone in my family was in business. I talked to my parents about business for my entire childhood. So that was just like what I knew and I found it pretty interesting, but I didn't know exactly which direction I was going to go in with it. But I really liked the idea of entrepreneurship. And then when I was getting close to graduation, I was like, well, this is starting to make me a little bit of money. Like I should just see if I can do it. And my dad was super encouraging of that. And my mom and sister weren't quite as sure whether I, that's something I should do. They're like, you're going to be sitting at home by yourself. You're going to get super depressed. <laughs> like You need to be in a workplace, like make new friends. Uh, you know, my- so much of it has to do with whether you're a self-motivator too, you know, if totally. you're the type that can get up and, and make this happen for yourself. And that plays a huge role, which I guess you must be one of those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was always like, it felt, it was my hobby. So transitioning it to a business, like I knew it would be a little different, but I figured that if I had kept it up like all through college while also balancing my workload, that I would probably be able to to make it happen. Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand in hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical grade and medically endorsed line of supplements. All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3-K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, 
Use our code WEGETTONOW and save 30% on your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the interview. Was there a moment where you realized, like, okay, I can monetize this? Or how did you first learn about monetizing your site or how that would all work for a career? Yeah, so I put ads on my site probably like a couple years into it. And I would like be stoked to get like my $5 a month from Google ad revenue. And so I I understood that, but I didn't really take full advantage of it probably until my senior year when I started working with brands because I was living in a house. So I was able to like do my photography at school when previously it had been, I would like come home from winter break and try and photograph like 12 recipes to be able to post throughout the semester. But my senior year, I was living in a house. I could photograph when I got home from class and that was when I figured out like, okay, I can make a couple hundred dollars from doing a sponsored post at the brand. And so I slowly started making money. And when I graduated, I was making like probably barely enough to pay my rent. And my dad was super encouraging. And he's like, if there's ever a time that you are going to be able to take this leap and see if you can do it full time, now is the best time because you have no one to depend on you. You don't have a job with a steady income that you're quitting, which is really scary to do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was my biggest cheerleader. And he's like, if you need it for the first three months, I'll help you. And then you're on your own. And like, if you're failing epically, like you can get a job, you're smart and like, you'll be able to get one. It's like, but just go for it. That's so great. So yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of parents are like, no, you need to go and get the $50,000 or $60,000 entry-level positions, you know, or whatever the going rate is. But to encourage you to be like, no, I mean, this the truth is it's harder to go backwards. He's right. I mean, you were already like a fresh out of college kid. So it was sort of like, you know, now's your chance to grow with your business. And, and then I think it hurts less financially if you're not having to like lose that big salary. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so grateful for him for encouraging me to do that. And he's been like that my whole life. I remember him telling my sister and I when we were little kids, he's like, if you do what you love and you're try like work as hard as you can to do it, you can become the best at it and you'll be able to make a living doing it. He's like, whether that's becoming a CEO or whether you love sweeping the floors, he's like, you could sweep the floors every day and hire other floor sweepers and build a floor sweeping empire. He's like, it doesn't matter what you love, just do what you love and you'll find success in that. That's awesome advice. Yeah. 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 He's very supportive. Let's talk about logistics and like, how do you, how often do you actually bake and like, how do you lay out your post and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. So I bake probably like three to four days a week, I would say. And the rest of the time is planning out posts, writing the posts, just doing all that sort of stuff. And it, it depends how many how many tests something will take because sometimes something comes out perfectly the first time and sometimes I have to make it like six times before it turns out the way I want it to. And I'm kind of a perfectionist. So if like I have something in mind and it doesn't turn out that way, I'm like, no, that's not right. And have to redo it over and over until I, until I get it right. So who gets all your sweet treats when you're done baking them? <laughs> oh, I share them with everyone. I give them, I'll give a lot of them to my parents and send them to work with them. I drop them off at my dog's daycare center. <laughs> like oh I, gosh, people must love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I store a lot of stuff in my freezer for my sister. Whenever I see her, she like 
wants all the treats. And she's actually living at home right now for a couple months in between jobs. She's starting a new job in January, but she's here for a couple months. So she's constantly getting all the treats. So how many like new recipes are you trying to develop like in a month or I guess maybe in a week? Yeah. So I usually try and do like two new recipes a week. Lately, it's been a little slower because I am actually working on a cookbook. Oh, exciting. Yeah. I haven't announced it on my Instagram yet. So this will kind of be an announcement of that. Um, That's exciting. Yeah. So things have been a little bit slower on my blog lately just because I'm trying to to get to that deadline and finish up the cookbook work. But yeah. Come out. So it's due for me in March, but I don't. I think it'll probably be between like six months and a year from then to when it actually comes out. So delayed gratification. I know sure. everyone says it's such a long process. You yeah. Like, Gosh, you would think in today's technology world that you could like turn it around quicker, but I guess you know to make something perfect and you know, it's, it's there forever in print. So it's got to be right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, as much of a perfectionist as I am with stuff on my blog, I'm like being even more of a perfectionist with everything going into the book, because I'm like, I can't go back and edit it once it's printed. So what do you love most about what you do? I love the creativity of it. People are always asking me, like how I come up with all these recipes. And it's kind of funny, because it's, never really a struggle for me to come up with new things, even though I have, I think, like over 500 recipes on my site already. It's incredible. (laughs) And so like, I just have so many lists and just like notebooks all over my house of recipes that I have thought of and want to make. So yeah, I just, I love being creative in the kitchen and exploring different flavor combinations or applying my favorite flavor combinations to different kinds of treats. I love the challenge of creating something that people have no idea is healthy. That's like one of my favorite things about it is being able to give someone a cookie, not tell them that it's paleo or vegan or whatever it is and have them be like, oh my God, this is amazing. We recently talked to Jessica Merchant. I don't know if you know who she uh-huh. is. Um, yeah, handles How Sweet Eats. Her episode's coming out, I think next week. She was sort of seeing the same thing. She was just saying, like she's like, oh, I have list and list. I never run out of ideas. And I was amazed when she said it. And I'm amazed hearing you say it too. It's like, I think if I had to come up with something that I had to make like twice a week, I was, as soon as she said that twice a week, I'm like, what on earth would I ever do? But yeah, I guess your, your creativity like overflowing. So it's nice that you have that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I've also been recently incorporating some more savory stuff. And so that's been really fun too, because it sort of opens a whole new world for a me. A whole new world. Yeah. 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 I noticed you had a curry. It's a broccoli chickpea curry. Yeah, that really recently. piqued my interest. I see the word curry and my eyes just like zone right in. <laughs> it's like, yum. Yeah, that was super delicious. I had been making that recipe for like a couple months and I would share it on my Instagram stories at night. And people would always be like, you need to share this recipe. So I finally got it photographed and put on the blog so other people can enjoy it. Is there someone like in the industry that you like look up to as a mentor or I don't know, someone that you've even like maybe gotten to meet through these channels, like of being a blogger that has really inspired you? I don't know if there's so much one person, but there's just, there's so many people on Instagram that I follow that I just love what they do, whether, and they will inspire me, whether it's just like the photos that they take or the kinds of recipes that they make. So I don't know if there's anyone per se that I've like met and know in person that would fit that role, but just like Instagram and 
as a whole is like such an inspiration for me. Cause if, true, I, yeah. if I'm feeling stuck, I can just go and scroll through the people that like just scroll through my feed. Cause I only really follow people whose work I love. And it's just like a bombardment of inspiration. Okay. So let's talk recipes for a few minutes. Like what are some of your favorites? Oh, so one of my top favorites that I recommend to everyone to try out when they first discover my site is my paleo chocolate chip cookies. My boyfriend is like always stealing all the dough out of the bowl whenever I make them. They're so good. I've had people tell me that they're like, I'll bring them to a family gathering. I don't tell anyone that they're paleo. And people will come up to me and tell me that they're my favorite cookies that they've ever had. And that's just the ultimate compliment. And that recipe is so funny because I spent so long developing my regular chocolate chip cookie recipe, like before I went gluten-free or anything. And I really just switched in like coconut sugar for the brown sugar, coconut oil for the butter, almond flour for the all-purpose flour. And they just like turned out perfectly the first time and have been like a favorite recipe of mine and everyone else's ever since. So it's interesting. So almond flour is the flour that's used in there and it really translated. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of using flours like almond flour and coconut flour because I feel like the flavors as opposed to something like rice flour, chickpea flour, it's a flavor that would automatically be in a dessert. And so it doesn't taste weird or give like a weird texture or anything. So yeah, almond flour is one of my favorites. And then like, what are common substitutes? Like what do you use instead of butter or instead of milk? So I'll use coconut oil a lot of the time instead of butter and instead of milk, pretty much any dairy-free milk. And depending on the consistency I want, like I'll use either like a full fat canned coconut milk, which is thicker and creamier, or I'll just sub with like almond milk. Okay. So tell me, I know you have a family that y'all are super close that probably involves, I always love this, like asking this question, but what is like a favorite like food memory of yours? that has to do with like your family or just revolved around food? Probably making magic cookie bars with my mom as a kid. That was like one of the things that me and my mom used to just make probably like five or six batches every year around Christmas time. And it was just so much fun to be in the kitchen with her. And she doesn't really bake as much anymore since I've sort of taken that over. But we used to bake together all the time when I was a kid and I would have her show me how to do things and she would teach me all about being in the kitchen. So that's definitely one of my favorite food memories is being in the kitchen and making magic cookie bars, which were my favorite, favorite dessert when I was a kid. And we used to store them in the freezer until Christmas. And I would just like sneak out to the freezer in the garage where we kept them and just like try to sneak them without my mom knowing. (laughs) Are those on your website too? I have a paleo version that is on my website that I created after we all stopped eating dairy and gluten. (laughs) So what are some of the downsides like in this business or just even like in the practicality of your work week? Like what are the downsides? Sort of the things that you don't prefer doing? Some of the more tedious stuff is just like being consistent on social media can be hard, especially like something like Pinterest and Facebook, which I don't really like as much as I like Instagram. Instagram, I feel like is a community builder for me and I love being on there. But like posting on Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter, like those feel more tedious. So those are probably my least favorite part of the job. What about dirty dishes? <laughs> yeah, that's also not fun. Um, I spent I mean, so long. I love to clean a kitchen, but yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, not so much. I 
spent so long looking for an apartment that like had good lighting and was what I was looking for. And my like top requirement was it must have a dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess when you look for an apartment and you're a blogger, the light is so important. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I ended up finding a place with floor to ceiling windows. So it's it's pretty perfect. I love my apartment. So you're writing a cookbook, which is pretty huge. I can imagine that's like a dream. I mean, you're fairly new at this too. So that's pretty incredible. So I want to ask you, like, where do you see yourself in five or 10 years? What are your like ultimate goals? So I would love to do a couple cookbooks, um, which is saying a lot and not because my first one hasn't even come out yet, but I would love to do a couple. And then I would love to at some point, I don't know whether this will be in five years or 20 years, but I would love to have some sort of like brick and mortar, mortar place that wouldn't be so much of like a bakery, but like almost like a coffee shop that has like a bunch of baked goods that I could sort of like curate this incredible space. Like I've always had this vision in my head of like what my perfect coffee shop would look like, like where I would love to go hang out and work and have amazing healthy food. So I would love to create that at some point in my life. Oh, I love the idea of that. Yeah. It's like a gluten-free, dairy-free like <laughs> coffee bar with yeah. mushroom coffee. <laughs> yep, exactly. So Rachel, what is one or two great tips you can share with our listeners? So just throwing back to what my dad said earlier, he gave me some of the best tips that I've ever gotten in my life, which is to just follow what you love to do and life will just be so much better and so much easier because you're waking up and doing something that makes you happy every day. So that's a tip that's really changed my life and the way that my life has gone. So that's definitely my most valuable Well, I will say when I heard you say that, I thought when you said that your dad told you that, it sounded like you had such conviction. You probably heard that conviction from him and it made me believe, wow, anyone could do anything. I mean, so true though, if you put your mind to it. I mean, I think that's super basic, but incredible advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. Just work your tail off, right? Yeah. It's something you hear all the time, but if you're doing something that makes you happy, then I mean- People say you won't work a day in your life, but you really, you wake up and work a lot harder than probably a lot of people with a nine to five do, but you're enjoying it. So, so it makes you happier in the long run. Okay. If I call you at 9am on any given day, what are you most likely doing? So if I slept in, then I'm probably out on a walk with my dog, Hank, who is a one-year-old little puppy and is so sweet. But usually, hopefully, I've gotten an earlier start, and I'll usually be either testing something or photographing something. What kind of puppy is Hank? He is a mutt. He has some American Staffordshire Terrier in him and a little bit of Border Collie, and then the rest is a mystery. He's like a little short dog. He's like has a super long body with short legs, and he's so funny. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. What is something people would be surprised to know about you? A lot of people are surprised to hear that I'm super introverted. People see me like talking on my stories and think I'm an extrovert, but I love being at my house by myself, which is probably why having a job where I'm work from home is very fitting for me. I just got back. Speaking of being by yourself, I was just in Florida for three days by myself. And I have three kids and my older one said, mom, that sounds so miserable. I'm like, no, this is like going to be the most amazing three days of my life. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) 
Okay, you've unplugged. How do you decompress? Yoga is one of my favorites, meditation, and I love to read. Those are my favorite ways to chill myself out. Who are three people you love to follow on Instagram? I love following the Bojan Gourmet. It's a girl named Alana, and she takes the most beautiful photos. And same with Sarah from Broma Bakery. They both, like, if I ever need photo inspiration, going to look at their feeds always just, like, makes me so inspired. And then I also love following Natalie from Feasting on Fruit. And she does, I think it's all vegan. She does a lot of paleo. So she's more in my space of doing more healthful treats. And her photos are also beautiful. And her work just is always super impressive to me. Okay, excluding social media, what is your favorite app? I'm always on Spotify, either listening to music or podcasts. Name the book you currently cannot put down. So I actually just finished the book Ready Player One, and I read it in less than two days. It was so good. But for me, reading, I will end up not doing anything else if I get super into a book. Oh, I'm the same way. It's almost hard to start. I have to like clear my schedule. What is this book about? So it was actually turned into a Steven Spielberg movie that I watched the other night, but it's about like a virtual reality. So it's set in the future. It's like a sci-fi book. It's set in the future. And there's this thing called the Oasis, which is like a virtual reality that most people end up like spending their lives in. And it's sort of about like this quest to find these keys that like lead to being the owner of the Oasis. So it's pretty interesting and it's, it's a great read if you're into science fiction. Describe your perfect day. Oh, that's hard. My perfect day. I would probably start out with like some baking and photographing in the morning and then be out in nature, whether that's being at the beach or being on a hike through like the woods or around a lake, just something that would get me outdoors, usually with my pup and having a delicious meal for dinner. Okay, we already know your beverage of choice in the AM, um, <laughs> yes. but what, what do you like to drink in the PM? I'm all about tea at night. So usually peppermint tea, and I've recently been into like warm, like cinnamony kind of teas. So I'm definitely a tea at night kind of person. What city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave? I spent six months in London when I was in college, and that was definitely super hard for me to leave because I felt so at home there and I loved it. So I'd have to say London, especially because I haven't been back since then. So I need to get back. I spent around the same amount of time in London after I graduated too. It was so hard. I tried so hard to get my my visa extended. Uh It's such (laughs) an amazing city. Such a great city. city. Yeah. What is your current Netflix addiction? I have been watching Friends all the way through. So that has been like my go-to, even just to have like on in the background while I'm doing work. And I've also been watching a lot of their comedy specials. I watched the Trevor Noah one the other night and they they have great comedy on there. So I've been watching a lot of comedy at night. Do you have a song that is currently on repeat? There is an artist called John Bellion, and he just came out with a new album, and pretty much his entire album has just been on repeat in my, in my apartment lately. Is there a favorite beauty product found in your bag at all times? I always have the Coco Kind matcha stick in my bag, and I'll use it like wherever I have 
something dry. So like I put it on my lips, I put it under my eyes, I'll put it on my cuticles. And I have one in my bathroom, one in my tote bag and one in my purse. (laughs) So definitely, definitely always around. Who would you love to have coffee with? Oh, who would I love to have coffee with? I would love to sit down with Martha Stewart to pick her brain about everything that she does. Who is your celebrity crush? Or would that be Martha Stewart? (laughs) I don't know if I really have a celebrity crush, honestly. I've never really been the celebrity crush kind of person. So I don't think I really have one. Is there a food that you absolutely will not eat? Oh, goat cheese. And that was like before I didn't eat dairy too. For some reason, just like the flavor, even if there's like a speck My favorite cheese. That's (laughs) It's my sister and my dad's favorite. Like they love it so much. And for some reason, just like the, even the tiniest amount of it, it's like all I can taste. So yeah, I'm not a goat cheese fan. (laughs) I'm popping back in here because I have to say me too. (laughs) I love all types of cheese, but goat cheese, there's something like chalky and sour or something about it that I just don't like. And everyone else loves it. I'm always so jealous. I'm like, why can't I like it? Okay, this is my Q&A and it's my favorite cheese. So, <laughs> but out, Tedra. Okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what meal would you choose as your last meal? It would probably have to be... If it's my last meal, then I guess I'm going dairy because it won't hurt my oh, stomach. Oh, yeah. I go dairy, go gluten. <laughs> so, so probably some sort of like cheesy pasta, like maybe like a really good mac and cheese. Oh, yum. <laughs> yeah. What is the best gift you've ever received? The best gift I've ever received. My friends have lately been getting on like noticing my obsession with handmade mugs and a lot of my friends have been giving me handmade mugs which I just think is so sweet and thoughtful of them because every morning on my Instagram stories I show myself pouring my mushroom coffee into one of my mugs because I essentially have a big collection of them now so I just think that's a really thoughtful and sweet gift that they've been giving me lately. Okay what is the best gift you've ever given? Ooh, the best gift I've ever given. On the same note, kind of, like, I love to give people handmade pottery. Like, it's something that is usually more expensive, so a lot of people don't like to buy it for themselves, and it's something unique and one of a kind that they couldn't buy for themselves. So a lot of times when I'm on trips, I'll collect, like, handmade goodies to give to the people I love. So I have a huge pile of handmade pottery that I'm going to be giving out for the holidays this year. What is the last thing you Googled? Oh, I don't know. I think it was honestly like a sheet of fraction conversions because I was writing up some recipes and needed to figure out the amount of grams that that was in a recipe for something. <laughs> kind of boring. Okay, one last question. What is the greatest life advice you've ever received? Oh, I think I already answered this with my dad's advice because it really like changed the entire course of my life. So I'm forever grateful for him for encouraging me to to do what I loved and pursue Bakerita because I would probably be working an office job if I hadn't listened to him. What is your dad's name? We're going to give him a big shout out because I love <laughs> that. That's a, such great advice. Yeah, his name is Danny. Danny. Okay, Danny, we're all going to take your advice today. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right, Rachel, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. And before we let you go, tell everyone where we can find you online and all the good stuff. So my website is bakerita.com, B-A-K-E-R-I-T-A. 
And then my Instagram is at Bakerita blog. And that's the same on Twitter and Facebook. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. All right. Well, Rachel, we look forward to your cookbook. Good luck with that. Thank you so much. And we look forward to continue following you on social media and good luck with all of your future endeavors. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was lots of fun. Thanks. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay, Julie. So time for a little host to host chat. So I want to talk about your Thanksgiving. You sort of did something untraditional. You took a trip to Florida. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, it was the most untraditional Thanksgiving ever. We ended up eating (laughs) dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, with probably 60 other people in a hotel. But it was good. We went for Olivia, her field hockey tournament, which was super fun and a very eye-opening experience. You know, field hockey in Texas is not huge. There's only like five schools in all of Texas that play. And so this was like 3,000 players from all over the country, but mostly the East Coast. And they come to do this. It's called the Festival. And it's at the International Polo Center in Wellington, which is super beautiful. Wait, what city were you in? Well, we stayed in Palm Beach. And the International Polo Center, Equestrian Center, is in this little town called Wellington, which is like 20 minutes away. So it was good. It was Her first game was Thanksgiving morning at 9 a.m. And then she had two games every day. And then we got together with her whole team and families at the hotel for dinner that night. And of course, my whole family went, my family of five, my parents and my nephews from California flew in. So we were all there to support Olivia. And they were very nervous leading up to the dinner because my mom cooks every year and it's like this, she does the same thing and it's all their favorites. And they were very worried about what's the stuffing going to taste like. (laughs) Oh, sweet potatoes were like the big deal. Like, I hope the sweet potatoes are like yours, Mimi. And well, it turns out they didn't even have sweet potatoes. Well, I was going to say, you should set the background because the boys, your nephews are French. Right. And so they grew up in France. So when their first like experience and introduction to Thanksgiving was your mom's classic, you know, Thanksgiving food. So for her, they're like, wait a minute. No, I know. And it was it was a buffet. And honestly, I was like, where's the rest of the food? We, as a family of five, have more choices for our Thanksgiving dinner than that whole table. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was fine. It was totally fine. And I love that kind of untraditional aspect of it. But it was like turkey, ham, green beans, salad. Oh, and mashed potatoes. And then dessert, of course, apple pie and cheesecake. And that was it. No pumpkin pie? No pumpkin pie, which was obviously very upsetting for Bruce and Hudson. And no chocolate cream pie, which is what you No chocolate cream pie. So I think I walked away feeling pretty good in my pants, though. (laughs) That's true. That's like one plus. (laughs) I know. Well, your photos from that week were great. It was so great to see your family all together. It was a lot of fun. It was super fun. It looked like a fun time. And no dishes to clean. (laughs) No dishes to clean, nothing to prepare. We just showed up the time we were supposed to. And it was fun mingling with people that, you know, we kind of know, but don't really know and meeting people from all over. So I said, we left and said we would do this every year if Olivia's into it. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize there's 3,000 kids playing in that. Oh, it's, t- it's crazy. There's teams from everywhere. And these people, mostly from the East Coast, they're like all in. They've been playing field hockey since... I don't because it's at every school there, public and private. And so all these players are super good, super competitive. 
club players that, you know, they probably want to go on and play after high school, I would assume. So it's a pretty intense, but very fun. We kept it fun, certainly, the Texas teams. <laughs> Love that. I'm glad y'all had a great time. It was fun. So we want to thank you for listening today. And if you like the show, we would love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and on social media at We Get to Know. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guest and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. 